This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. It's Wednesday. That means we're midway through the What's up, Al? Oh, hi, Jerry. I got a uh, direct message uh, from a man. It was from a man, uh, Jerry. That's correct. But he had a dilemma. He wanted to know uh, what you and I thought about this. Is this uh, involving the penis? It does not involve the penis this time. Because last time you got a direct message from a man, it was about his penis problems. Correct. And I do get a lot of uh, DMs about penis. Wow, that sounded (laughs) Saying where people have penis problems, they go to me first because I'm non-judgmental. Eddie, you're welcome. I'm very non-judgmental. This comes from a man named Matt, Jerry. He says, uh, question for you. And now we got you got to really think this through here, Okay. Jerry. And this involves yesterday with the snow and things like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. So he says, I live on a one-way street with parking only on one side. Okay, right. so picture this, Jerry. It's a one-way street. You're only allowed to park on one side. <laughs> yeah, I got it. When there is a parking ban, such as during snowstorms, you're not supposed to park on my side of the street, so the plows can clear the snow. Mm-hmm. So there should be no parking on that street. At all. At all. Well, none of my neighbors move their cars, and the city doesn't have the resources to check every side street to see who is parked illegally. Am I out of line calling the police department to let them know all the cars are parked illegally? Uh, no. Because when they aren't moved... They leave huge piles of snow, and we lose parking spaces. Should I feel bad having my neighbor's cars towed to clear a path for the plows? No. I, don't, I wouldn't feel bad. I wouldn't either. Now, if you like them and you're friendly with them, I would first try and talk to them. Yeah. But if they're just neighbors that you wave to once in a while, no. Yeah, I'm with you. I I'd go no anonymous tip. Yes, anonymous tip. Right, and if it was somebody that I knew, mm-hmm. like a neighbor that I was friends with, I would say, I had heard my buddy of mine who works in the police department say they're going to be towing cars, so you might want to move these. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And then watch they get towed, and then even if they found it, they'd blame him. How about this? Do what you're supposed to yeah, do. follow the rules. I mean, you know, there are certain rules we all break. We all don't do the speed limit. I mean, none of us do. It's very rare. There are very few that do. Correct. But then there are other things that you're just not helping yourself. That is a problem. I mean, you got guys that are not to mention the fact that you've got like snowplow drivers for these cities and towns 
that uh, how they do it, I don't know. They're up for 20 hours. Yes. Plowing, and you've driven in the snow. Your eyes get all funked up, and it, I didn't say the word. I said funked up. Good call, up. Jerry. Good call. Um, and it's just your vision's poor. Why would you want to leave your – what if they make a turn quickly and they ram right into your car because it's not supposed to be there? Right, or they plow you into the, your spot with yes. their – and you know where you see that a lot in Manhattan, obviously, but down by where, or up by where Columbia is, when we used to have these big snowstorms, uh, you know, after I would go to a Columbia game a few days later, there would be cars. You could barely see the top of the car, yeah. and the car would be stuck there for a month. <laughs> yes, just in a, encased in ice. Yes, there's nothing you can do because they didn't move their car. Now I know where do you put it? I don't know, but that's your you chose to live there, so Correct. deal with it. Yeah, and I got to say, like, I, I try, when I move somewhere, I do try to, worst case scenario, everything. So, like, when I was moving to Bradley Beach, there's a lot of homes there that don't have a driveway and don't have a parking spot. Sure. And I was not going to move somewhere I where you. I didn't have that. I don't blame So, you. I chose where I was going to live based you, on you the You don't fact- have a garage. You have a parking spot, like, in a parking lot, right? Yeah. Okay. No garage. Yeah. And that was the least I was going to do. I really wanted a garage, but yeah. they just don't really exist there mm-hmm. unfortunately sure but there are towns like ocean grove which is the town next door they have such thin roads because it's a really old town yeah no driveways it's everyone's street parking i don't know how they do it mm. i didn't want to that's not a comfortable place to live to me yeah no i hear you it, it sounds like there's a lot of chaos yeah i've heard people in the summer down in these Jersey Shore towns, they say once they get to their... These are people that have, like, summer shore houses. Yeah, sure. That once they get down there on, like, a Thursday night or a Friday after work, they don't move their car again. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going anywhere that they can't walk because right. you're not getting that spot yeah. back. I, it's like listening to stories from my mom and my dad when they used to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, my dad would go bowling on, I think it was Wednesday nights, I think he said. I know in Jersey he bowled on Thursday nights back in the day. But I think in Brooklyn he bowled on Wednesday nights. And he would get back home around 10.30 p.m. and sometimes not get into the house until sometimes midnight because he'd have to circle and drive and look for a spot and then walk nine blocks home. That sucks because he had, he did not have a driveway where they lived. Yeah, not very tough. I would never want – I mean, I want to leave my house as it is and I have a parking spot. Yeah, sure. I couldn't imagine – Leaving my house if I knew I had to come back and fight right. for a parking spot. Exactly. Get lost on that one, Jerry. Get lost, loser. Um, we brought up briefly during the show, I wanted to get your take on this. So when I went and picked up my dog yesterday, it was $1,200. Oh, that was the price you were hoping it would be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought if I got out of there with $1,200, I'd be in good shape. What'd you tip them? Well, that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> that came up. I was kidding. No. This is what I want to talk to you about. So when I went to check out. That was a joke. They put it on my card. And it popped up tip. Oh now on a twelve hundred dollar bill, Jerry. Wow. The suggested two hundred and forty dollars. The right? suggested tips were ten percent, twenty percent. I I I gave them one hundred twenty dollars, which was only ten percent. I, I. But what what I am I supposed know. to do? I. I again, I'd rather just get the bill that says it's fourteen hundred bucks. Correct. Right. If they would have gave me a bill with no. Whether they just added the tip in, I'm just, I've had it. I don't blame you because it's like you get that in in a case like that, you get the you get the bill and there's a, a for a brief moment it's like oh you know what that's not awful all right it's that's what I was hoping it would be and then that pops up it's like wait, wait now it's fifteen hundred dollars 
Like, what is the price? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I'm, I'm just done with it. And there's no, I don't want to be paying for your employees. Pay your employees. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I totally agree. I don't know what to tell I you. I don't know how we ever got to the point where it's like. The pandemic. You don't, no, no, prior to that, just with like regular waiter and waitress service where they go, well, they only make $2 an hour. Why? But why, why was that ever a thing? Yeah. Why couldn't they make a normal wage and there be no tipping or standard tipping on the bill? Or they make a a hourly salary that's at minimum wage or above, and then if they were really good and you want to give them something extra, that's what you do. It just it's just so weird to I agree to charge people. The restaurant business really throws me off because I do not understand. So many restaurants go under. Mm-hmm. So many, it's a high percentage, and I don't understand it because you're not paying your waiters, waitresses, or bartenders. You're paying them two dollars an hour, whatever the hell it is, and the you're charging me for this piece of chicken that cost four dollars. You're going to charge me thirty five, right? So what, what? How are you not making money? I think the answer to that is rate um, lease rates yeah. are exorbitant right now. I think insurance is very high, and beyond that, I think the amount of food that gets thrown away. That they take a one hundred percent loss on. Yeah, I think I think that's your answer. And if you talk about restaurants that don't have a bar bill, a liquor bill, I'm sorry, a liquor license, then their profit margin is even less than that. Yeah, because they I know restaurants make a fortune on alcohol. So if you go to a bring your own place, now all of a sudden, that part's gone, like just vanishes, and now you're barely even selling any. I mean, I'm sure some people buy soda, but a lot of people are going to bring in their wine or their beer or whatever. Um, so really, all you're making money on is now food, in which case, how much gets thrown away? So that $4 piece of chicken might actually be costing them $29 because they had to throw seven yeah, pieces away yesterday. that's a good point. So that's, to me, the answer. But you mentioned the bartenders, a restaurant that's got a liquor license, and I know the liquor license in New Jersey, not in other states, but in New Jersey, is ridiculously priced because they only make so many of them, uh, you do get that back, and you should make money. Yeah. Unless you suck at what you do. Yeah, I get bothered by throwing food out. Like I saw on the plane on the ride back. Here's, sure. a, here's oh, an example. Geez. So the plane on the ride back, they, were, they brought various plates of fruit yeah. at different parts of the plane for people to enjoy. Now, I'm in front of this fruit plate. There's six people around this fruit plate. Yeah. So I, I had some fruit, but I yeah. want to be a... You're not gouging the fruit. I'm not. I don't want to be over aggressive with the fruit. I could have been. I was starving, and fruit is a quality food. But I didn't go crazy on it. And then they took the fruit away, and I saw them throwing it out. Yep. And I was like, I could have domin- gone to town on it. I could have dominated this fruit with no guilt. Yeah. I, I throwing food away is really yeah, awful. Me. When you see people starving all over the world, yeah, and the amount we throw away is sickening. It is. It, it really, and then if you put a price tag on it, let's let's for the moment put aside how tragic it is. How many people don't have food to eat? I mean, that's that's first and foremost. But let's put that aside for a second. Then you think about how much money we waste on food. Like just, I mean, even like, and we don't do it a lot. We really don't throw a lot of food away. But I got home Friday night, Saturday when I got back from the uh, Rutgers game. I went to make a sandwich. And there was boar's head turkey in there. 
that was dated January 28th. Okay. A little off. It was February 10th. Okay. I opened it. It was oily and it stunk. Yeah. Now, it was uh, was it a pound? No, but I bet you it was half a pound of the pound, which now costs $17. That's like taking eight fifty out and just burning it. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Yeah. It bugs me when sometimes I see this at Gina's house. Like, she'll defrost, like, a piece of chicken, and then it's just in the... It goes uneaten. I was like, mm. got to cook this. Yeah, I agree. If you defrost it, cook it. Cook it. Yes. Got to get cooked. I don't 100%. care if you chicken for breakfast. <laughs> That's right. Chicken and eggs. Make it. Yeah, chicken and eggs. Yep. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Watched a um, documentary on Netflix, but I, what I want to talk to you about, Jerry, I want to see if you've ever seen this before. I believe this is the first time I've seen this. It was a, a documentary called Lover Stalker Killer which was very good, another crazy plot twist. But the thing that was unique about it, which I'd never seen before, the guy that was was right in the middle of this, it was like a a case involving a stalker. The guy that was right in the middle of this, it was his story to tell. Yeah. So he was telling the story. But he, this real-life person, not an actor, was doing the acting parts in the recreation parts. I'd never seen that before. Was, Normally, he good? was he good at it? He was, which made me think, is he fake? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, kind of threw me off. So, yeah, the guy who this happened to acted in the hmm. parts where they were recounting what happened. Do you ever look up the stories? I do. To make sure that they're on the up and up? Because yeah. something like that sounds like to me, you know, is it a documentary based on different events to where yeah. maybe it's not real. Yeah, this uh, everybody in it seemed to be real. Okay. But that that really kind of threw me off yeah. and I'd never seen that before. That is different. In a documentary case. That is very different. Hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever seen that either. I've seen docudramas, but you usually don't get the actual person. You get actors. Right. So now I don't know. I want to Google something here. By the way, real quick while you're Googling yeah. So I got a t- I got my first taste of the non-binging watching TV. Mm-hmm. As you know, I don't watch a lot of television. Okay. Um, just because I go to bed at by 8 o'clock most nights. I watch sporting events, and I really don't have time for much else. But because of, for whatever reason, my son got, involved, got interested in NCIS. I started watching that, too, about a year ago and wound up watching all 22, all 21. All 21 seasons or 22 seasons, I forget. You watched 22 seasons? Yes. So I finished I finished the series. Uh, I, I saw the end of the series on a plane. Where, where the hell were we were going? I was with Rutgers on a, on a trip a few weeks ago. So I was caught up now waiting for the new season to come out. So Monday after the Super Bowl, episode one, season I think 23 of NCIS debuted. Uh, I wasn't going to stay up till 9 o'clock to watch it on a Monday night. Couldn't wait to get home yesterday. I had some time. Watched it. First time I was felt like, this sucks. Is that right? Now I have to wait a week to All see right. another one. Yeah. 
which is great because I can't wait till next Monday. But this is the first time I've ever felt that binge cringe or yep. that that binge interest to where I wanted to hit the next one. And you and couldn't. I couldn't. There's nothing there. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. It was, but it also goes to prove my point that they got something good when you do it once a week. Like, right. I can't wait to get to Monday now to see the next one or Tuesday the day after on Paramount+. Plus. And it also keeps you involved in paying for whatever service. Oh, for sure. Right? When yes. they dump it all at one time. Because I, I can't stay up and watch it. So I'd have to DVR, which I could do, of course. But it's so easy just to go on the Paramount Plus the next day and yep. just watch it. So there yeah. you go. You know, I love um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. And it's back. Yeah. I've heard nothing about it. That's interesting because Larry David has been has done a dozen interviews. No, no, I'm, what I'm saying is he did these interviews for it to come out. You mean the episode? No buzz about the episode? I I haven't heard a interesting thing. Yeah, how about that? And I will eventually get to it, but I'm going to wait till a couple episodes so go watch in so I can watch time. it all in a row. That's interesting. But yeah, yeah, I kind of felt like I thought we were going to be, you know, some more buzz about this, but. I guess right now, it's no. another niche thing with these streaming apps, man. It is. Well, I don't have HBO Max. So I don't I, either. I can't watch it. Right, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't have a lot of the streaming things, and right. people hit me up, be like, "Dude, you got to watch the documentary on yeah Max or and I'm like, oh, I don't have that. Yeah, but still, I would hear people talk about it. And so. you've had nothing. I've heard nothing. In the warm-up show, which comes up after this, we talked about the uh, Ten Commandments briefly. Yes. So a fella named, what's his name, Steve on Twitter, reached out to me and said, can you and Jerry discuss the seven deadly sins? Oh, I, I got to Google these. I Googled them. I'll, I'll bring them up to you, Jerry. All right. So these are the seven deadly sins. Basically, which we all probably violate almost every day. Yeah, like, so the seven Greed. deadly sins, uh, let's see. This is, uh, I'm on, Jerry, a, a website called simplycatholic.com okay. of what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. It says that capital sins... Uh, vices can be classified according to the virtues they oppose or, or also be linked to capital sins with which Christian experience has distinguished following blah, 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 blah. All right. So there's just that pride is one. Having too much pride is a... Having too much pride? An excessive being love, arrogant? An excessive love of self or the desire to be better or more important than others. No, that's different than just having too much pride. That's right. being arrogant and so self-absorbed. So that is one of the Yeah, I don't think sins. that's a great characteristic for anybody to have. Okay. Here's the second one, Jerry. Lust. An intense desire for sexual pleasure or for money, power, or fame. I think almost all of society has yeah. that in some capacity. And in fact is encouraged. Yeah, to right? to be driven to succeed. And go after what you want. You know, whatever. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You work harder than everybody and you go after it. Well, you need to have a passion for that and a lust for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think that one gets broken daily by okay, a lot so, of people. So pride and lust, those are two ones that we think having pride is good, but they're saying too much pride, no good. Correct. Uh, lust. Number three, I think the, the the country is at an all time high of this specifically. Hmm. Gluttony, Jerry. Oh yeah, this overconsumption, is bad. usually yeah. of food or drink. Yeah, no, it's we're we're a gluttonous society. We are a gluttonous bunch, Jerry. And a lot of bits. So my son is he's fourteen, thirteen. I'm sorry, thirteen, thirteen. Jesus, he'll be fourteen. Um, he is his school, which I'm happy to see because I didn't have this when I was a kid, and I don't know why. This is not more of the cur- part of the curriculum. And maybe it is in other schools. I don't know. 
but it hasn't been. But they just started doing, you know, um, home finances. And so, you know, he's learning how to do a checkbook. He's learning about bills that have to be paid. He's learning about credit cards. And we went out to dinner last night. He just asked, gluttonous, out to dinner on Tuesday night, um, the difference between a debit card and a credit card and, like, explaining it all to him. And he's like, so he literally said something you always ask, too, like, where do these people get this money from? And he's like, so if I look around the restaurant, how many people do you think are using a debit card and how many are using a credit card? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, I have no idea. He goes, do you think these people could afford to be here? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I said, but I will tell you on a, on a lot of weekends, there are people that probably do a lot of things they can't afford and they just use a credit card because it's available and we can. Doesn't make it right. Very gluttonous. Right. Very gluttonous, Jerry. Well, how about just the fact when you buy a house? You know, the idea of a house is to keep you out of the elements and safe. We have gotten to a point in society where you've got to have the marble countertop and the tile floor and the bathroom's got to be pristine and the blah, 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 blah. F off. It's not that's not what it's supposed to be about. Nice to have nice things. And but just geez. multiple bathrooms. Yes. Multiple showers, multiple floors. I mean, it is crazy. And we're all yeah. part of it. We are, Jerry. We're all part of it. We're all part of the gluttony. That's number three. The fourth deadly sin, greed. Yeah. The desire for and love of possessions, Jerry. Yeah. Again, another thing that most of society deals with. Mm-hmm. Would you disagree? I No, I would not disagree with that. Right. This is my favorite of Oh, my God. The, we're all going to hell soon. This is my favorite of the deadly sins, Jerry. Sloth. What does that mean? I, I, I know this. What does that mean, though? Physical laziness. Sean Marash. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> also, disinterest Joking. in spiritual matters or neglecting spiritual growth, according to simplycatholic.com, explaining the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. I always looked at it or always thought of it as laziness. Well, I think based on what the description you just gave me before you got into the spiritual stuff, mm-hmm. yes, it's someone who's who's sloppy and, and lazy. He's lazy. The other part of it goes right to, in my opinion, having been around the Catholic Church my whole life, goes to the business side of things, that they want to make sure that you don't forget about your prayers and your commitment to the church, which also means your donations to the church, which means giving more of your money. More tipping, Jerry. More tipping. Number six, anger. Deadly sin. Okay. I mean, it's a human emotion. I don't know. Sometimes it gets triggered by things that are out of your control, but yeah, okay. Uncontrolled feelings of hatred or rage. The desire for revenge. Mm. Okay. And finally, Jerry, the seventh deadly sin, envy. That's a hard one for a lot of people. That's uh, actually that one kind of goes along with uh, one of the Ten Commandments, right? Though thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's mm-hmm. things, or yeah. this is envy, having envy. So there's your seven deadly sins. The Traveling Wilburys on their second record that they put out, which is strangely entitled Volume Three, mm-hmm. have a song on there called Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, yeah. Very good song. Does it talk catchy. about all these things? It does. Seven deadly sins. The envy one's interesting. I did not realize that was one of the deadly sins because mm-hmm. I th- I think if someone tells you they're envious of you, I think it's a compliment. Like if someone said to you, I'm very envious of of your job and your position and the career you've you've really you've done well for yourself. And I to me that's a compliment to you. Yeah. I don't But I, don't I guess think... is that that does that hurt the person who's feeling the envy? Yeah, I suppose 
from the I, yeah, because I guess you feel bad about yourself. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that. This explanation on here on this uh, simplycatholic.com, sadness or desire for the possessions, happiness, talents, or abilities of another. Envy can lead to the worst crimes, this says. Through the devil's envy, death entered the world. Hmm. Okay. Seven, seven, seven deadly deadly sins. sins. That's the Wilt Wilbury song. That's how it goes. I don't know if I ever I know that song. It's a great one. I'm going to go check it out. So that Traveling Wilburys thing, they had uh, Traveling Wilburys Volume 1, which had Handle with Care, mm-hmm. uh, was a good End song. of the Line. Very good song. Then, then they supposedly had recorded Volume 2, which then the master tapes got stolen or lost. Really? So they, or erased, something happened to them. So when they reconvened, they didn't really three. have those other songs, so they put out Volume 3. That's cool. But there's a missing Wilburys album somewhere. It'll be found, like 50 years from now, and they're all dead. Right. There'll be a Traveling Wilburys box set with the, with the lost Volume 2. Exactly. They had some good tunes, Traveling Wilburys. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Never saw them live. I don't think they ever performed. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Good reason why I didn't see them. Yeah, so you didn't miss anything. That's... But there was like this, that time period of Traveling Wilburys was a very prolific writing period for all those dudes involved there. Mm. It was at that same time that Traveling Wilburys record came out. It was Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, mm-hmm. Dylan, mm-hmm. Uh, George Harrison, and Roy Orbison. Petty also put out the Full Moon Fever record, which really? had all those huge hits. Yeah, yeah. Was that running, uh, running down, running a dream? down a dream? Won't back down. Yeah. Free fall. That, that that I remember when that cassette came out. We had heard the songs on the radio. I remember my friend went and we went and got the uh, the cassette at the music store in Hazlitt. And I remember we just spent like all day just listening to the cassette and knowing every, it was like a greatest hits album. Great. Yeah. Great uh, album, Full Moon Fever. Yeah, no doubt. And then that's when Roy Orbison had had his album out that had uh, You Got It, Everything You mm, Want, You yeah. Got It. George Harrison had. I got my mindset. This is all the same era, Jerry. And they just. Like 85, 86. I Did actually think say? it's like 89. Really? Yeah. I think it's like 88, okay. 89. All right. And I think those guys were just all writing songs and divvying them up and like, we'll put this on the Harrison record, we'll put yeah. this on the Wilburys. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool, Jerry. It's interesting when you, you talk about like George Harrison and you're saying 89, where he actually had hits closer to 1990 when the Beatles broke up like 20 years prior yeah. to that. It really is incredible when you think yeah. about it. The success and the longevity of someone who was part of something so big. And he was never Paul McCartney, and I know that. Um, but that he actually did put out very successful music for decades after right. the Beatles. Pretty uh, pretty wild. Right, and that was like in the MTV era. George Harrison yeah. had a popular song on MTV. He died, what, like 0102, somewhere around I there? I feel uh, like later. Maybe. I, I don't know. I just remember I'm when he passed right away, now, I remember I was watching, was it CNN? I forget. They came back from commercial break, and all it said was, and then there were two. You nailed it, Jerry. 2001. It was 01. 58 years old. Yeah. Very, yeah. It's horrible. Isn't that terrible? Hmm. So he'd be 82 right now. 81. Yeah. Yeah, he was born in uh, 43. Yeah. When I hear 58, that bothers me. Yeah, that bothers me, too. That's like... Should be the reverse, 85. Yes, I agree. I've got my mindset on you. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. 
I'm going to do this for another 20 minutes. <laughs> See if anybody stays tuned. Mm-mm. Well, but then you the warm-up show. All oh, right, I'll ruin that. Why don't you come back after the warm-up show and continue? Okay. I got my mindset. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show yeah. you uh talking about. And, uh, 